My ex would always nag me about getting a job. You're so much more understanding. Do any of those phrases resonate with you? Do any of those phrases kind of trigger anything inside of you that you're like, wait a second, like this is actually something that I experienced in my relationship. Because if you've been with a toxic person or a narcissistic personality, a lot of times what you'll have is this idea of having indirect persuasion. Being able to change your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings, your perception of the situation without you even realizing. If you guys don't know who I am, my name is Ben Taylor. I run the company Raw Motivations, and I'm on this channel to provide awareness, growth, healing, and change. And do that in the form of dropping nuggets of truth on different social media platforms. So if you don't follow me on those, then check out Raw Motivations on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. We'd love to have you be a part of that community. If you want to be a community of like-minded people that are getting out of abusive relationships or trying to deal with the aftermath of healing from that and having a support group, then check out the NARC app. N-A-R-C. It stands for Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Community. Be able to learn from different courses that have been made by myself, by other creators that are trying to help people heal, grow, and change on a day-to-day -day basis. Talk to different people there and connect with other survivors. Get advice. Track your no contact. Record your truth. Join some of our weekly lives on Monday nights that are exclusive and secured inside the app so that you can come on screen, ask questions about situations that you might be going through in that moment. Join our monthly coaching call that's trying to help you grow after that narcissistic relationship. Got a lot of great courses on there. Probably the two popular ones right now is a course that's on boundaries. So if you're confused or wondering what do I do about boundaries, how do I set those up, check out that course. Or another course that's there that's healthy dating after abuse. Like where do you start? How crazy can that be after that when every relationship seems boring or seems normal and you're not, not sure like what to do? Just check it out. So I listed off those phrases and those thoughts and those words that started off about giving an idea to another person as a way of indirect persuasion. A narcissist will oftentimes use indirect persuasion to mold you into the person that they want you to be without coming out and saying, I want you to be this way. So those phrases and some of the stuff we're going to look at today is taken out of the book, Psychopath Free. If you haven't had a chance to be able to look at it, grab this book, download it, be able to check it out because Psychopath Free is a really great book that gets you into the mind a lot of times of a narcissist, of a psychopath, sociopath, a toxic behavior person and gives you an idea of what's going on. A lot of times when people are in relationships, they don't realize that they're being groomed. When you're in a relationship with a narcissist, the goal of the narcissist is to uphold the mask. And if they can do that by making you act a certain way or making sure that you fit in a certain type of mold, they will do that. So many times people get upset and confused of like, why did I get with a narcissist? Well, you probably didn't realize what was happening because you were being intentionally groomed. One of the ways of doing that is indirect persuasion. After they've idealized you and they're ready to begin conditioning your behavior using indirect persuasion, they're able to make subtle suggestions that will ultimately be accepted by their victims. They maintain an illusion of innocence since most people won't believe that they made me feel these things. One method they use involves the way they offer compliments. They will insult their exes in a way to flatter their target. But what they're really doing is grooming their target. For instance, by saying, my ex always used to do this, but you never do that. They're telling you to behave a certain way. This is not a compliment. Okay? It's a warning that if you repeat any of the ex's alleged behavior, you'll be discarded as well. The ex might have not even done that. Like, they likely didn't even do any of those things. It's just a way for them to indirectly tell you how they expect you to behave. 
And so I gave some of those examples at the beginning. My ex and I always fought. We never fight. My ex need to talk on the phone. You're not needy or demanding. My ex would always nag me about getting a job. You're so much more understanding. It sets the stage so that you know what matters and what doesn't matter. This is okay for me to do. This is compliance of what they need me to do. This is not. It's not a compliment when they're bashing an ex and trying to say something that you don't do. You don't act this way. Like, it's great. It's so amazing that you're not needy. It's so amazing that, like, you don't call me 24-7. Like, I really appreciate, like, how you trust me. My other ex, like, they didn't trust me. Like, they're going to say different things that set the stage so that you slowly start to figure out, this is not acceptable behavior if I do this. So I want to reiterate, these are not compliments. They're phrased. They're given. They're shown in a way that seem like compliments. They are not compliments. Their expectations. They've come with a checklist of human traits and emotions that bother them, and now they're planting the ideas in your mind. Don't express these things or else. Now, when you fight, you'll try to end it quickly, pleasantly as possible, so that you're not like their ex. When you haven't heard from them in three days, you won't call because you don't want to be like their ex. And when you're sitting on the rear end unemployed for six months, you won't say anything because you don't want to be like their ex. It's all a grooming mechanism. So for me, getting into relationships with new supplies and the affairs that I was a part of, one of the aspects there was like telling my story of I'm a victim being very like vulnerable in the past. So like fake vulnerability a vulnerable about the past and being able to say like everybody leaves me. And starts off this idea so everybody knows you better not walk out of my life because that hurts me because I'm the victim. Now, I'd never tell everybody else because I didn't even want to realize or acknowledge it that the reason why they walked out of my life was because of me. But I'm stating that and I'm showing like, yeah, I was really good friends. Like the last the last person that I was friends with is just like, you know, really tore me up because they left me. And it was subconsciously start to tell everybody that, hey, like loyalty and you being addicted to me is what's most important. And if you violate that, then that's going to violate like our trust. And that's not going to be good. It's setting up that expectation. That was one of the ways that I practiced this idea on a regular basis when I was involved with another person. Any deviation from this plan, you might receive the silent treatment or sharp comment about your changed behavior or a reminder that the idealization could end at any time. It's like holding that over your head. Like you never know. Like this is going to this is going to fizzle out. It's going to fade. I'm going to walk away. Like you're going to hurt me. Like whatever it might be. It's there. This is why most survivors feel so much anger after the abuse has ended. You've been shoving aside your own intuition and needs in order to be nice. You think you've been giving them some sort of special treatment that no one else can provide, and then suddenly they go running back to the very same people they used to complain about. Meanwhile, you've been repressing the urge to tell them to get a job or call more often or just be a good partner. You pushed all that away because you thought it was the only way to stay with them and to stay on their good side. So a lot of times we have survivors and people that have gotten out of narcissistic abusive relationships that really get frustrated about themselves and really frustrated about the past of like what they actually had to go through and what they put up with. And it's hard because in those moments you have to be able to kind of pause and say, hey, you didn't understand what all was happening. You didn't understand what was transpiring in the relationship because you didn't think someone was going to be that malicious and come out and actually manufacture these emotions, manufacture what's actually going on with this persuasion. 
And if that's you and you're feeling crazy and you're looking back at the relationship and being like, man, I'm so stupid for not seeing that, I do want to have you make a pause and give yourself a little bit of grace because you cannot judge yourself in the past by knowledge that you have in the present. And so many times people, when they learn about narcissism, they're like, gosh, I see that so clearly now. Well, I'm so stupid for not seeing it then. Well, you didn't have the education to see it then, which is why you've learned about it now. So take a, take a moment, pause, and give yourself a little bit of grace because otherwise, all you're going to do is you're going to tell yourself a lot of negative talk. And that negative talk is going to go over and over and over and it's going to beat you down even more. You're going to start doing the narcissist job for them by beating yourself down by that negative talk, that negative mindset. So stop, give yourself some grace. Okay, and let's work on your healing, growth, and change. Just remember that normal, empathetic people do not make such comparisons about the people they love and certainly don't keep a tally for everyone involved to see publicly. When you're truly in love, you don't need to convince yourself and others that this experience is better than all your past experiences, often what you see with the production when they go to the new supply. Like, likewise, if you're falling out of love, you don't need to convince yourself and others that this experience is worse than all of your past experiences. But a lot of times you'll see that narcissists do this because it's a strategically ambiguous way to influence your behavior. Did you see this? Did you like as I'm talking about this, like leave in the comments of like, hey, I actually resonate with that because they told me this is what happened. They told me this is what's going on. Video we're going to drop like later this afternoon is going to talk about like the crazy exes, like all my exes are crazy and like dive into that a little bit because a lot of times it follows the same type of pattern of devaluing another person in order to either triangulate to be able to get more supply from you or in order to tell you, hey, this is how you need to comply in this situation. Give you guys an idea. I talk with people every day on one-on-ones, help to break them free of the trauma bond, get away from that addictive ruminating phase, and then work on their boundaries moving forward in life with good, healthy triggers that have them happy, healthy, and whole as they continue moving forward.